You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. So guys, absolutely. This weekend, I'm so excited you're here to join us. We're going to help this weekend. We're going to help Taylor Swift finally forgive Katy Perry. Now, this, is, this is the weekend. Seriously, I mean, Katie took her performers to torpedo her tour, allegedly, Washington Post, everybody says that. Here's the deal. She actually, Taylor Swift actually wrote that song about this other female performer who took her performers. She's dealing with forgiveness, unforgiveness, bad blood. Uh, on a serious note, here's the thing. We're talking this weekend about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And, and I was sent a quote by two different people this week, uh, which is an incredible quote. Justin Raby, our outreach director. And then Amy Raby, his wife, separately sent this quote. I'm like, God, apparently you don't want me to forget this. Uh, here's what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness is the poison we drink hoping others will die. Unforgiveness is the poison we drink hoping others hurt and others die. Here's the deal. When you don't forgive somebody, the person you're not forgiving is fine with that. They've moved on. But you're hurting yourself. It's not how God intended you to live. And so uh, we have a prayer line, a prayer list. You can actually send prayer requests. We encourage you to do that every, every week. You can email us at prayer at visitgracechurch.com. Go to our app, go to our website, use the connect card. I reviewed every prayer request this year, uh, just in 2018, of people who asked prayer for forgiveness. By the way, we, we, encur- we encourage you to pray about everything, but it's amazing. The percentage of prayer requests we have are usually in the range of health problems, money challenges, Job loss, home situation. They're all things that are important but temporary. They're going to vanish one of these days. I, and I love when the prayer requests come additionally. People pray about things that are eternal, like the salvation of people and forgiveness. So here's somebody praying for forgiving a husband or a wife. My wife and I have had some differences this week, and I need prayer for a spirit of humility to surrender and asks for forgiveness while giving grace. Like, I'm really proud of this person asking for help to ask his wife for forgiveness. Forgiving a son or a daughter. My daughter continues to lie and make decisions that don't align with the values in my household. I'm struggling with anger and bitterness. Working hard to forgive. Sad and disappointed. But if you want to pray for these people, email us at prayer at visitgracechurch.com. We'll put you on the prayer list every week. You can pray for these people. Forgiveness at school or at work. Please pray for the folks I laid off this week. Please pray for peace and forgiveness. Pray that they quickly move on and that God opens doors. Forgiving a mom or a dad. As my parents' divorce becomes final, pray that God can open my heart to forgive my dad. For all the hurt and despair he has caused. Even forgiving yourself. I can't seem to leave the past in the past. I know that God has forgiven. But I don't know how to forgive myself. And move forward. So here's my question for you guys. Is it time to forgive? Is it time to forgive? It's time for you to forgive that ex. 
that friend, that group, that organization, that decision? Is it time to forgive yourself of something that you've been holding on to? Unforgiveness is the poison we drink, hoping others will die. It hurts ourself. We're going to talk about how do you forgive? Why do we forgive? We'll see this in the life of Joseph at the end of the book of Genesis. Uh, So let's pray and we'll dive in. God, I pray that you would guide us in this time as we look at the life of Joseph from the book of Genesis and see how he, he had forgiven his brothers. He forgave his 10 older brothers for contemplating murdering him. He had forgiven his 10 older brothers from settling on selling him into slavery. And God, I pray there are people who absolutely need to be set free from the slavery of unforgiveness, the bitterness in their soul. Help us to see that Christ, in Christ, we have everything we need to forgive anything from anyone because Christ, you have purchased our payment. You have paid every debt at the cross. I pray people would receive Jesus as Savior. There's people who still, they're considering it. They've never done it. They don't know for sure if they gave their life to Christ this weekend. Today would be the day they'd give their life, surrender fully by faith to Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going to be in Genesis chapter 50, if you want to join me, the last chapter in Genesis. We've been looking at the life of Joseph. Why study the life of Joseph? We've been looking at it on three levels. Uh, Joseph's life foreshadowed Jesus and helps us today. This is how you actually interpret the Bible. Historically, Joseph's life is amazing, Genesis 30 through 50. His life foreshadowed Jesus. We've been learning about Jesus by seeing how he was this prophetic picture, his life. We've learned about Jesus by studying his life. And we've seen God help our lives today. That's the amazing nature of the Bible. Helps your life today. And so we've seen four different topics. Family of origin, troubles, limbo, and fear. We talked about family of origin, week one. And we said that we, by nature, assume that God is like our parents. That God is like our dad which can be a strength and a weakness. We talk about God is the perfect parent. We saw Joseph's challenge with that, though. Joseph's dad struggled with manipulation. His mom struggled with insecurity. And so we assume that God is like our parents or like our dad. We talked about troubles in week two. And Joseph faced some serious troubles. God doesn't stop us from being in trouble. Instead, he is with us in our troubles, delivers us through our troubles. So Joseph at 17, high school junior or senior, his old 10 older brothers contemplated murdering him and then settled on selling him, selling him into slavery. God didn't stop that. He was with him in those troubles, delivered him through his troubles. In his mid-20s, his boss's wife falsely accused him of sexual assault. He was thrown in jail. God doesn't prevent all of our troubles. He protects us all the time, by the way. He's with us in those troubles. Limbo, we talk about limbo. So now he's like 28 years old. He thinks he's got a way out of jail for two years. 28, 29, all the way to 30. He waits and waits and waits in limbo. We talk about God's delays are not God's denials. Just because you see God not acting right now in your own time frame doesn't mean he's not going to come through. There's a season of faith, of patience, of waiting on God that we need to grow more like Christ. We talk about fear. Last week, so we picked up at the age of 30, Pharaoh has a dream, a couple of dreams. Joseph is pulled out of jail, interprets those dreams, and is promoted to the second person in charge of all of Egypt to save the world. Well, that's who, that's who Jesus is. Because Joseph was second in charge to save the world. Jesus came around the age of 30. He revealed himself. 
He came to this world to save the world. Joseph foreshadowed Jesus. And we saw how the older brothers, so Joseph saves up grain for seven years until he's 37. Famine hits when he's 37. At 38, his 10 older brothers are bowing at his feet. They don't recognize him. It's been 21 years since he saw them as he was driven off into slavery. And we saw how the older brothers, every interaction they had with Joseph caused fear. Fear lies to you. Fear torments you. Fear has you believe lies about yourself, lies about God, lies about other people. And we talk about perfect love. God's perfect love cast out fear. So now we're up to unforgiveness. Is it time for you to forgive? Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. He actually brings his brothers back and his dad back, moves them back to Egypt. And um, he cares for them for 17 years. For, he has already forgiven them. 17 years he's cared for them. And then... Dad dies. And his brothers never really believe that he's forgiven them. And that's a hard thing. If you've forgiven somebody, they don't believe you, that you've actually forgiven them. Maybe they haven't forgiven themselves. We pick up the story of Genesis chapter 50 and verse, Genesis 50 verse 13, I think. So they're together taking their, their father's dead body to go bury him. And his sons, that's Jacob's sons who passed away, carried him to the land of Canaan. And buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite as property for a burial place. And after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers. This is a family trip. And all who went up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps, maybe Joseph, uh, maybe Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Okay, so put in context of this family trip. This is like the distance from where they're at in Egypt to the Canaan where this burial place is. It, and they were walking his body or carrying his body and you know, bumping along with carried by animals. This is the equivalent of somebody, a dad dying in Kansas City and you and your family hiking, walking or riding animals to St. Louis to bury your dad in St. Louis and then walking, hiking, riding on the way back. It, it took weeks. Don't miss this. They were weeks with their brother and they actually got back and they said, maybe he wants to repay us. What if my brother wants to repay us? For the evil we did. How do you know you've not forgiven somebody? You want them to pay dearly for it. Not, not, not like pay back if they steal money, make restitution, pay that money back. I'm not talking about that. I mean, you want them to suffer. That's the evidence. You want them to suffer, hurt. You're not forgiven yet. So what do the brothers do, by the way? When they get back, they, they send messengers. Verse 16. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying... Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive. There's our word, forgiveness. Forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept 
when they spoke to him. Like these messengers, he's weeping over their request. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Okay, so they, they are weeks on this trip. They have the opportunity to talk to this guy, Joseph, the entire time back. They don't talk to him. They, they kind of pull a middle school move, pass the notes. You know, they pass the note. Do you like me? Check yes. Check no. Check maybe. And so they send, they, they send messengers. And Joseph's weeping because he's like, it's been 17 years. How can you guys not believe that I've, it's been, it's gone. I have forgiven. He's weeping over this. They show up. They bow before him. They ask him to forgive them. How could he? How could he forgive us? They're thinking. Is it time for you to forgive? Okay, let's talk about forgiveness now. We're going to talk about, like, how do we do that? Like, first of all, let's talk about, like, why are we forgiven of our sins? Why does God forgive us? Well, he doesn't forgive us because we ask the right way. He doesn't forgive us because we feel bad enough. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. He doesn't forgive us because we turn over a new leaf. He doesn't forgive us because we're going to try harder next time. God forgives us because Jesus paid for that. It has nothing to do with us. It's everything to do with what Jesus did. Colossians chapter 1 talks about this. Here's why we're forgiven. In whom we have redemption through his blood. It is the blood sacrifice, the cross of Christ, the gift of Christ. The forgiveness of sins. Guys, it was 2,000 years ago uh, that when Jesus came to this world, he lived the perfect life that we never could live. And at the cross, they placed the crown of thorns on him, took him to the cross, nailed him to the cross. And at the cross, God took every sin you've ever committed and laid it on Jesus on the cross. You have deceived people, likely this week, left misinformation, those kinds of things. You've out not lied to people. Every time you ever deceived somebody or lied to them, on Jesus, on the cross. Every time you didn't believe God. Well, I don't believe that. That's a sin. Every unbelief moment for God laid on Jesus, on the cross. Every thought of arrogance, ego, pride, on Jesus, on the cross. Every time you ever acted out of selfishness, because it's about you, on Jesus, on the cross. Every time you withheld generosity. I'm not doing that. Sin on Jesus every time you did not forgive somebody. I'm not forgiving them on Jesus on the cross. And God poured out his wrath, not on us, on the sins on Jesus. And after three hours, between the dark hours of noon and three, at three o'clock, Jesus said, it is finished. Payment was done. God accepted it. We're forgiven not because we ask the right way, we pray the right way, we feel bad enough, we try harder. We are forgiven because God himself goes, you don't deserve it. You don't. But I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the payment on your behalf. I forgive you because Jesus paid for that. It's beautiful. So here's the question. How do we forgive other people? Same thing. We accept the sacrifice of Christ for what other people have done. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Ephesians 4, 32 talks about our forgiveness to other people and says, And be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another. By the way, there's a two one another. It's like 66 times in the New Testament. We're told to do the one another's for each other. Love each other, 
be kind to one another, forgiving one another. It's impossible to do that in a large group setting. You need to be serving in ministry or have a group small enough that you actually can be kind to one another, forgiving one another. Are you a person who's tender-hearted? It's not your tender heart. You don't muster up tender-heartedness. It's when Christ is gripping your heart so much, his tender heart gives you a tender heart to people. Forgiving one another. Why do we forgive? Even as God in Christ forgave you. Guys, the reason we forgive, the reason we forgive is not because people ask us the right way. It's not because they feel bad enough. It's not because they hurt some. It's not because they promise to never do it again. Should they do all those things? Yes, 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 and yes. We forgive others because Jesus paid for that. We say, I accept the suffering of Christ. Just like God did for me, I accept the suffering of Christ on your behalf. You don't deserve it, but I'll take that as payment for your sin. That's why we forgive. Uh, what great way, here's a four-line uh, kind of way you do this, kind of formal way to do it. How do you forgive somebody? What, well, you say this. What you did was wrong. It was 100% wrong. Jesus paid for that sin. I formally accept Jesus' payment. And I set you free from that debt. What if it's a group? What that group did to me was wrong. It was terrible. It was sin. It was wrong. Jesus paid for those sins. I formally accept Jesus' payment. And I set that group free from that debt. What if it's you? What I did was so wrong. But Jesus paid for the sin that I did. I formally accept Jesus' payment. And I set myself free from that debt. Guys, we forgive because Christ paid for it. It's based on the beautiful sacrifice, loving sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Uh, Tim, what if I don't feel like forgiving? I'm not ready to forgive. I'm not kind of there, by the way. Well, welcome to drinking the poison. Because <laughs> unforgiveness is the poison we drink so that others might die. In fact, here's the way the writer of Hebrews says it. We create this little living landmine of bitterness inside of our bodies, inside of our souls that's going to spring out and hurt people. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 15 says, looking carefully. Like, guys, we have to really be careful, be watchful that we don't let any unforgiveness live inside of us. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Okay, what is the grace of God? That's unconditional. It's up here. It's unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional forgiveness. What is falling short of the grace of God? Conditional. It's if. I'll forgive you if. I'll accept you if. I'll love you if. We have to be very careful we don't fall short of the grace of God. To the land of if, that horrible human-based system of if works. Lest any root of bitterness. Think about plant roots. Typically, you don't see them. Like, I mean, you might see tree roots pop up and down, but most roots are hidden. Don't let any root hidden bitterness inside you. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. I've always read this verse and have my mind thinks of a landmine. Uh, land, think about a landmine. For a, a landmine typically is buried, just like a root is. 
It is unseen. It is dangerous. And it's just fine until some pressure comes. And enough pressure is applied, that thing explodes and damages everybody around you. What is unforgiveness? It's a landmine in your soul. It's buried. No one knows you've not forgiven. It's unseen. Bitterness, that root of bitterness is inside you. It is dangerous. But it's just fine until some pressure comes. Their name comes up. The topic comes up. The situation comes up. Life happens. Pressure and bam. Poisonous words. Poisonous attitudes burst out of you and affect everybody around you. That is what unforgiveness does. Not only does it poison you, the poison we drink so that others may die, it also hurts other people if we leave it inside of us. It is a root of bitterness. Is it time for you to forgive? So you say, well, Tim, I've, I've forgiven and I can't get past it. What if I forgive and I can't get past it? Uh, and I, by the way, I've been there before. Um, so it was a few years ago, we went through a failed adoption and it was the birth mother and birth father. And I had forgiven, I had formally, a number of times, say, God, I accept the sacrifice of Christ on their behalf. But when their name came up, I was instantly angry once again. I, and I said, what is wrong with me? Like at some point, when is this going to be gone? So I teach forgiveness in three levels. There's regular strength forgiveness, extra strength forgiveness, and prescription strength forgiveness. <laughs> Let's talk about those three. What is regular strength forgiveness? Well, that's what I taught you, Ephesians 4.32. You forgive somebody regular strength because Christ paid for that. I accept the sacrifice of Christ. For most things that happen, that's enough. Sometimes regular strength is not enough. You need extra strength forgiveness. You got to have a conversation with them, a one-on-one, not with others. That's gossip. That's also a sin. But you go to them, talk to them one-on-one. That's Matthew chapter 18. You have a conversation. I've been struggling to pass this or whatever. That is extra strength forgiveness conversation. But sometimes... You need prescription strength. And man, does this medicine taste bad. I'm telling you. So I was, I was so upset, so frustrated with this birth mother, birth father. And this was the verse that changed my life on the way through being, hating my prayer life for like two months. <laughs> so here's what it says. Matthew 5, 44. Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless. Those who curse you, do good to. Those who hate you, and pray for. Those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Okay, Jesus is not talking about people who've turned, have apologized, want to do better. No, no, no. Who's Jesus talking about? They are your enemies, and they're still your enemies. And they're actively cursing you, and they hate you, and they're using you and persecuting you. What does Jesus say to do? It's prescription strength. Love. Love your undeserved. Love your enemies. Bless. What is blessing? It's when you speak about them. Your words are positive and uplifting. Whether you're praying for them or talking about them behind their back or to them, bless. Do good to. Okay, Romans 12 even says to feed your enemy. Like give them food and drink. Yes, I'm talking about go buy gift cards to a restaurant and give them to your enemy. I'm talking about go and get their best favorite coffee drink or, and, and bring them gifts. You like snacks? Here you go. I'm not like bring groceries to your enemy, bring drinks. I'm talking feed your, do good to your enemy and pray for. Pray for your enemy. So this was the one that I finally, I was, I was sick of the poisonous attitude. 
the re-angry. And I said, and this verse got me, so I added them, this couple to my prayer list. And these are things I prayed, things like this. Um, give them joy. Give, give him and her peace. Give him and her health. Give him and her success. Give him and her life. That's not how I prayed it. Let me tell you, I prayed it. Give them joy. Give him and her peace. Give him and her health. Give him and her success. Give him and her life. I hated every moment of that prayer. But I kept praying it every single day. And two months later, I found myself praying this. God, would you give him and her joy? Would you give him and her peace? Give him and her health? Give him success in life. Give him and her life. And I'm telling you, I meant it. And I was set free. Set free. I was talking to a lady one time. Her and her husband were working it out. Her husband had cheated on her with another lady. And I told, and, and she was bound in the slavery of unforgiveness. And so I said, I told her my story. And I said, so would you entertain praying this for her? No, never. Okay. Um, would you entertain? So where do you keep your prayer list? I keep it on my phone. Would you entertain putting her name? Don't even pray for her. Would you put her name somewhere on your prayer list? No, I won't. And I told her, I can't help you. No one can help you. Not until you, Jesus says, pray for your enemy who does not feel bad about it and still hates you and still curses you and still works against you. You pray for them. There's only one way through it. And until then, you'll be stuck in the slavery of unforgiveness. Is it time for you to forgive? So let's go back to the story of Joseph, see what happens. So these guys, back in the story, his 10 older brothers, betraying brothers. He's been 17 years. He's forgiven them. And so they're before him. What does Joseph do in this moment? Genesis chapter 50, uh, it says in verse 19, he says, Joseph says what unforgiveness is. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. That's the most mentioned commandment in all the Bible. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. He, he mentioned it again. He says, what is unforgiveness? For am I in the place of God? Guys, that's what unforgiveness is. So when you say you're not going to forgive somebody, you're putting yourself in the place of Almighty God. See, God said it was enough for Jesus to suffer and pour out his wrath, paid in full. It is finished, but not you. Oh, no. I want them to hurt I'll take his suffering and their suffering. That unforgiveness is putting yourself in the place of almighty God. That may be good enough for God, but not for me. Joseph goes, I I don't want to be in the place of God. Who am I to say that that's the place of God? Then he says, God even used it for good. And I love this. He says, Genesis 50 verse uh, 14. I'm sorry, 20, verse 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me. I love that phrase. Because when you forgive somebody, it doesn't sugarcoat what they did in the past. It doesn't change the history. It was just as evil back then as it is now. It's just forgiven evil. He doesn't say it was, oh, it's all good. Ah, it's, it's fine. It's not fine. It was evil. You meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. That's Romans 8, 28. He says, God somehow used your betrayal. And I'm sitting here a second in charge of Egypt. And your lives are saved by your betrayal. How weird is that? That's the cross of Christ. The worst crime in history 
was the creator entering his creation as a human. And his creation murders him. And it's through his murder that we're set free. Doesn't make that murder right. But what, God, what people meant for evil, God used it for good. That's the gospel. And then he gives the three indications that you've actually been set free. You say, Tim, how do I know if I've actually forgiven somebody? Is there indicators? There's three of them you see right here. Verse 21. Now, therefore, he says to them, do not be afraid. Again, the most mentioned commandment in all the Bible. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. One indicator you've forgiven somebody, you don't want them to be afraid around you. You want to be safe around them. You actively try to make yourself safe around them. You don't want them to suffer anymore. Jesus paid for it. That's one indicator. You've set them free. And you yourself are also free. Then he says, I will provide. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them. If you are willing to comfort the one who's hurt you and you've forgiven then you've been set free. If you are not willing to comfort the one who hurt you, you've not been set free. And spoke kindly. Spoke kindly to them. So when you talk about them, if it's like poison, you run them down behind their back, you talk bad about them to them, you can't speak kindly to them, about them, with them, them in the context, you've not forgiven or been set free from it. Is it time for you to forgive? 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ took all of our sins. Past, present, future. Jesus took our sins. There are people right now who need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to. God has led you. This is the most important moment of your life. You're not sure you've received Christ as Savior. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. It's not, a, it's not good to take a risk on that one. Just make sure. Today, today give your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I admit that I'm a sinner. I thank you for dying for me. I think you're paying for my sins. I accept your offer of salvation, of being in your family. I surrender my life to your leadership. Please do that today if you don't know for sure. And if you have received Christ as Savior, is it time for you to forgive? Unforgiveness is the poison we drink, hoping others die. Unforgiveness is that root of bitterness inside you, which will spring out of you and affect others. Unforgiveness, it puts you in the place of Almighty God. Unforgiveness keeps you a slave. Is it time for you to forgive yourself, that person, that group, and set them free? You accept the sacrifice of Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have set us free with the cross of Christ. Thank you that you've paid for our sins in full. And that our forgiveness is not based on us feeling bad enough, asking the right way, promising never to do it again, and all these things we should do when we apologize. But you offer forgiveness based on us receiving the offer, the payment of Jesus Christ. I pray for those who need to forgive, they would set others free. They would accept the payment of Christ. For those who need Christ as Savior right now, surrender their heart and life to you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.